Happy Friday, folks, and welcome back to The Aftertime, the mostly NBA-related gambling podcast with, at the minute, a healthy sprinkle of World Cup-related bets, uh, which will let you know how they've been going later on. I'm coming to you at the minute from a quickly getting colder Valencia in Spain, which no since the last podcast has, yeah, I've got the slippers on, I've had the heating on, I've got a cold, so it feels much much more like Christmas for me, which I'm, I'm enjoying, apart from the cold. What, but, uh, what sort of temperature are we talking? Uh, today, I think during the day, like if the sun's out, to be honest, it's still getting up to like 15s. But if the sun, if the, yeah, I know. But if the sun's not out, it's colder. And at nighttime, it's been getting. Haven't quite seen my breath yet, but we're getting there. Oh fuck! I've seen mine for months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's uh, to be fair, it hasn't been too bad. But uh, the World Cup's on, which is nice, getting us through the the early winter months. Yeah, I've been pretty jealous of all the ones with guitar I've seen. Anyone we know out there, it looks unreal. I know, and uh, yeah, just as we're recording this, Spain are going in at halftime, 1-0 up against Japan, and I think Germany are winning too. Oh yeah, so as that stands? Yeah, 1-0. Who's going through as that stands then? So, game? at the minute, it's Spain through first and Germany through second. Alright, which is... Which is kind of predictable well, beforehand, yeah. but we'll, 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 we'll get into it when we uh, have our yeah. World Cup. I, the World Cup's just too fun to talk about, and better, yeah. actually. We'll get a bit uh, of NBA out of the way first, and then we can we can chat World Cup because we do have some World Cup takes. Oh yeah, well we got takes on everything, but yeah, it's hard, okay. it's hard not to have takes when you sit and watch football for what was it, nine hours, ten hours a day for two weeks. It's been unbelievable, and for me, getting uh, just being a bit sick and being actually injured as well, I put my back out because I'm getting old. I put my back out this week, and it's been great. Sat in the sofa, watch football all day every day, and yeah, can't complain. I developed a mysterious wrist injury yesterday, and before anyone makes any funny wisecracks, there was no physical activity, apart from a 5k run in the morning, and uh, yeah, you. couldn't go to the gym this morning because it was wrecking, but it's feeling better now, um, our listeners will be happy to hear, should be Have fine been, for my workout tomorrow. You haven't been on the computer? Like, just, you know, uh, like, on the yeah. on the mouse? Sort of? No, it's my left hand. Oh. So it's my, oh, okay. I have no it's idea. my uh, coke drinking hand. Well, if you well, if you were over here, I was going to say you could go to a guy I've actually just not long back from Mister. Uh, my first time seeing this physio, Ricardo, Ricardo or Ricky, oh. as he likes to be called. And Ooh. yeah, he, he touched me in ways that I haven't been touched in a while, and it was it was great. Yeah, does Ricky speak uh, English? He he compared it to his English is like my Spanish, and then when I heard him speaking English, it made me feel bad about my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" I thought I spoke better Spanish than that, but no, he was grand. He was uh, he was good. Did he give you a diagnosis? Uh, yeah, he told me what the muscles were called in Spanish, and he told me the word <laughs> of what he did to them in Spanish, which is he like it was almost like a chiropractor, but like on your muscles, so he's like pushing them about the place. It's like the top of your arse, like your glutes. I, I love that. It, it was nice, not gonna lie, but uh, yeah. I'd did he honest. use oil? Yeah, he did. Oh, oh, Ricky's a yeah. pro. Honestly, a, a weekly massage. If you're if you're not just a fucking slob who sits about, you need needs to be a thing. No, if you are a slob who sits about, it's even better because sitting is the new smoking, and you get a sore back. Oh well, yeah, true. Bro. So then you get get Ricky. To, did he stick the elbow in? No, no, it was all it was all hands and thumbs. So uh, um, was he strong? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he was. He was way fuerte. I will say that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, anyway. still like the, I'd still like the elbow one. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, if you're sorry, I'm getting distracted. Dreaming of massages, yeah. Maybe I can buy well, some with all my outright winnings for the end of the year. 
I mean, I know I'm sad. Yeah, that'd be great. Get a table and get someone to come and visit so you don't even have to go to their place. It's oh, buy their own table? Oh, well, I wasn't thinking about that, but fair play. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so it's been two weeks since the last episode, and obviously there's a lot of, like, NBA podcasts out there or whatever but, uh, that are, like, weekly or twice weekly or whatever. But to be honest, for us, because we're a gambling podcast it doesn't really make sense to just always do it every week especially if odds haven't moved nothing really. obviously yeah, like there's games every night so things generally do move but um yeah so it's been a couple of weeks there's been some odds movements nothing yeah we'll, we'll touch on them we'll, we'll touch on them when we get to each yeah, individual we'll... award and stuff but there's been some very interesting odds movements especially for my bets which i'm very happy to report i think I definitely tipped a, a few in the last episode, which have all shortened. So we'll touch on them when we get get around the awards here. But yeah, it's been there's been a few big games. Few um, yeah, for this time of year, do you know what is it? It's the first of December, so you kind of it's still very early. But I, as as I say that, you know, we're about to do quarterly awards. It feels early, but we are a quarter of the way through, which is surprising. It's it's fucking mad how quickly. I mean, not even thinking NBA, just this year. I was like, like it was Spotify Wrapped came out the other day. And I was like, oh yeah, Spotify Wrapped. And I was like, my year. And I was like, wait, the year's about the end. And I was like, wait, fuck, it's December. Like, I know, what? I know. Yeah, 2022 has been a weird one. But yeah, it's a quarter of the way through the season. That's enough time to extrapolate some some good takes, I think. But obviously, the NBA generally kind of breaking into like first quarter of the season. And then now to Christmas, Christmas, the All-Star break. You know, it's like... Yeah, there's definitely it, it definitely actually does break up into quarters quite well. Section like it's sectioned quite well and in each section there's definitely uh, opportunities for, for betting and value and and also the last the last section does tend to weigh the most in terms of uh awards. You know, for yeah, the uh, stuff we bet on. Like I remember the year Russell Westbrook won it, it's mainly because he had a really good end of the season with some big highlight moments and the, that can sway voters which is fucking annoying whenever you've got some like bets on someone who's been good all year and they get outdone in the voting by someone who's been been good as well but just ramps it up at the perfect time it is like a timing thing and it's a yeah it's very much one or two big games and it depend on the award at the right time and then have the right like reporter like hype you up and then all of a sudden yeah it's just the narrative starts and I mean, I will say, though, as much as that can be annoying, like, I think the narratives and paying attention to the narratives is one of the reasons why we've been able to profit on it every year. Yeah, 100%. The the media like to build their own narrative to obviously generate clicks and stuff. And generally, fuck it, is, it is. Yeah, fuck me. Jesus, I was thinking about that earlier. Someone made a comment about it. I think actually they made a comment on it on the broadcast. Where did I hear it? Or maybe it was on a podcast, but like talking about how Marcus Smart wasn't even the best defender in that team. He wasn't even the second best. Like oh, fuck. Anyway, I I, I want the uh, after time bingo for the boys to bring up Marcus Smart not deserving that defensive player. Of the year. I know, I know. Do you know? Do you know? Episode. I had. Do you know? I had bets on four different players to win defensive player of the year last year, and none of them were Marcus Smart. I, I think I might have had more to be honest, but you know what I'm like. I'm, I'm oh. like a shotgun type of better. Yeah, but golf. but also, can I, can I make a point? I hate people who say it's too early to talk about MVP because it's never too early to talk about MVP. It's too late to talk about MVP. You should have had your bets on two weeks ago. Yeah, Ben Simmons, or not Ben Simmons, fuck me, Bill Simmons, saying it's too early to talk about MVP. Yeah, no, like, it's not. It's, it's, fucking, it's you start it's your, not. You start building your portfolio of bets, and then as people move and go in and out, then you just you start adding more to either side, and then all of a sudden you get to the end of the season where you can't lose because you're already on fucking four people at higher odds than they are now. Exactly. They've never heard of a, of a portfolio. Well, like, the, the reason is because these people don't do it for a living. So 
Well, that's true. But could you imagine starting your portfolio in March? I good luck. Good luck back in Jason Tatum at one point six in March. Have fun with that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense. You have to be ahead of the game, but it's just what can you afford to bet? Because like a lesson I've learned for myself over the years is definitely I've kind of blown my load really early before Christmas, and then whenever there was like you know when you know you know when you just know like that's it's like it's like January. Feb- I know true, but when it's like February and there's like the bet, and you're like oh fuck okay this is the guy that's gonna win it yeah and he and just he can- hangs around he hangs around at like decent like call it like three to fours or two to threes and you just know it's a third and you've already tied and up you can see it slipping away someone else, someone else yeah <laughs> but that's why yeah. I would um, yeah, you know that like, last last year that was like when Draymond Green went odds on for defensive player of the year and we were on at like 20 to 1 and he just slowly started slipping up the odds and I was like he can still win he can still win he can still win the next day would be like his odds have doubled and you're like oh yeah he just and he just wouldn't come back from injury and it was terrible yeah, yeah. Was well that that will live with me that that last year's bets will live with me for a long time I think yeah, what, what could have been. been what could have been was a big what if. Yeah, I could be doing 100%. this podcast from Spain too. <laughs> yeah, you could be. Well, that gives the false uh, the, the false sort of image that I'm doing well or I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I'm doing it from Sunny Side Street. No, I mean it's not Sunny <laughs> in the name. Um, but yeah, so anyway, right, we'll we'll get on the awards. So yeah, like we said, it's quarterly awards. So. Well, the way we're the format we're going to run with is we'll go through the awards like top down for MVP starting and we'll work our way down and we're going to go through if the season ended today who would we give these people who would we give the awards to and uh, we haven't really discussed any like between us yet and and then we'll also touch on then the, who we think's value or who we bet on especially from the last episode today yeah and I'm gonna try not to let my who I've already bet on cloud my judgment on who I think should win yeah because you're going to join me in that here at the after we take these these things very seriously and i trust you're going to join me and this will be a no a non-biased review of the season so far yeah exactly okay so we'll start out with mvp mvp i think is one of those awards well it's definitely the closest between a group of players um i don't like there's no no one has gone odds on yet obviously because that would be a bit mad uh on the first of december whereas there's uh, players have gone odds on in other awards um i've got the odds here in front of me and in fact, no, I don't because Bet365 Bet365 need to change the way they lay out their NBA odds. Anyway, the odds so far, just to quickly give a rundown, Luka, Doncic, Jason Tatum are both 3.5 and Giannis is 3.75. So there seems to be a big three uh, appearing in the betting. And then Steph Curry's 13th and Embiid is 19th. So there's a, there definitely is a bit of a big three forming here. What is your ranking and is your one, two, three some variation of that big three? Yeah, so the way I kind of this one's really hard for me to actually split into like you know if you had a, a put up an award ballot at the minute because I've got them in like tiers, but I suppose just in order to, to stick with like that actual profile, yeah, I mean the top my my top three are are those three. Although I think Curry comes a lot closer at the minute. Um, you know, like he would be it would be a top four for me okay um the, the brief is top three but yeah okay so so for my top three at the minute uh at the minute i have tatum as my number one and i have luca as my number two and i have Giannis as my number three so i i toy with it it's really easy for me to, to put Giannis. Giannis and Luca are, are interchangeable it, it, I, like honestly yeah it's like a 2a and 2b yeah yeah exactly Rather so two and a three yeah so uh reasoning wise so 
I mean, it's kind of historically been the best player in the best team for MVP. I know that's been different in the last uh, six, seven years uh, with the likes of Harden and uh, or sorry, Jokic and whatever. Um, yet, but I mean, even if the Celtics, I think, were say the Celtics, you swapped them with the Bucks. I mean, I probably would give it to Giannis, but Tatum is that good. He's that good on both ends, which I fucking love. Like, I, I, do you know at the minute, like, even if Doncic just put Doncic's numbers, like, even bump his numbers up a wee bit more, and I think I give it to Tatum because he's that good defensively, and I fucking love the both end side of things when you're talking about MVP because, I mean, it is so important to the team. Um, Tatum's standing out on his team, which is a far better team, is really interesting too because, like, Doncic is going to stand out again. He basically is the Mavs at, at the minute, like, he's yeah. a one man offense, but Tatum surrounded by the team he is surrounded by, and he and he still manages to stand out the way he does. I his team's the best. He's the best player on the best team, and he's like one of the best players, one of the best offensive players in the league, one of the best defensive players in, in the league. Like I think it's kind of, yeah, I don't know, kind of cut and dry for me. Yeah, well, I'll give you my three because then we can uh, go back and forth. Okay, because it it obviously involves the same three players. I have Tatum number one, Giannis number two, and Doncic number three. Okay. Just to piggyback on your Tatum point, did you watch any of the game last night? The Celtics hate. Yeah, yeah, I watched the whole game last night. And... Yeah, I watched it this morning, and oh my god, it like I've always liked Tatum, but I never actually thought he had MVP level player in him. I always thought he'd be like a bit of the bridesmaid, do you know? Do you know like a Damian Lillard level sort of player? Um, mm-hmm. maybe like Devin Booker, just someone I can't. I can see he's a great player, but I can't see him win an MVP. But oh my god, I'm so fucking wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, so I'm happy to be wrong. wrong. Happy yeah, to be happy wrong. to be wrong because I've smashed a bet on him. Like, but Class. like last night, watching that game, oh my, we had 49 points, 10 rebounds. I can't can't remember the assists, but it wasn't just the the box score stats. It was that, and the commentator said this as well. The Miami Heat are funny and they play a lot of zone. And whenever Tatum first sat out as a sub, and um, the Heat ran zone almost entirely and the Celtics just couldn't score just they didn't have anyone to like a to break the zone Tatum came back in and then they went on another run and it was just like it's pretty much as simple as put him on the court and you'll win the game you know he is just that good he can do absolutely everything he's getting to the line way more this year um, his rebounds and assists are both up. His points are up to thirty-one point six. Yeah, his points are up from yeah. He's what like five points per game better than last year. Is it five? Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, like, he was twenty-seven last year and thirty-two now. So. Fuck, I mean, you could almost almost argue him for fucking most improved. Most improved, yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's like, like he uh, is proper legit All NBA first team MVP candidate. And like you say, he does it on both ends of the floor too. Uh, defensively, he, he he tries as well. Do you know he doesn't? Do you know what really fucked me off about like the year Harden won MVP? Do you remember the amount of times you would see him getting caught back door because he's fucking sleeping, and mm-hmm. he takes plays off on defense. Tatum takes no plays off. He's just he's a really really he's a really likable player as well. There's other yeah, players he, in this list who could be maybe less likable, but he he takes that box of like he never really he never gets caught out saying anything weird or stupid or you know he just kind of gets the head down, puts the work in, and just yeah. Not that that's really influence voting, but like I did kind of. But it, it could like more likable players, I suppose. But it, it, that's another reason, obviously, is the fucking Celtics record. They're eighteen and four, top of the East yeah, and NBA. Like, yeah, I mean, what are the three wins ahead of the Bucks? Her second. They're we'll touch more on their net rating and stuff later on, but they're a complete and utter juggernaut, and he is he is everything to them. It's like yeah, 
he's like, like he said, as good as those other players are, like they they need him. Like they would they would be if he didn't play for them, for example, they would probably be what playing team. No, uh, playing. no, like no, 16, no, no. They'd be better 16? than that. I think it'd be like similar to like six. Would be better than Hawks. Uh, yeah, like fifth, sixth seed. I reckon. I, like yeah. they're a really good team. So he's uh, the difference between a fifth, sixth seed and a fucking yeah, historic a juggernaut team. He, there's something about those players that like when you're watching the game and he's just coming down and it's like right so the heat were shooting lights out the Celtics shot really well both teams shot really well last night the heat were missing butler so that's like an easy thing to be like oh look the heat ran them close and the Celtics were shooting really well but the heat were shooting like absurd like Max Strauss just couldn't fucking miss anything but anytime it got a bit wobbly he would just like like not even sprint like three quarter every three quarter and sprint to like the top of the like the three and just nail three and you know and I'm sorry so stupid they never looked like they were missing yeah, it's the most yeah. like you know when you have that confidence in someone where it's like it was like curry in the golden years when the warriors just kept winning everything and like when we were betting on them and you just as soon as he throws it up you just kind of like relieved yeah like, he, he's, just a, he's on a different ball, level than everyone else 100 yeah, percent. like uh getting into the paint now i get like oh he, and, it, and his misses watch, are like, unlucky like when yeah. he misses it, it's close you know it's 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 crazy it's just he's operating they had a play last night where he stole the ball off kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry made a pass in the corner. Tatum came from absolutely nowhere to, to steal it on the three-point line, dribbled down in towards the other team's basket, took two steps, and had to do like a crazy up and under where he put loads of spin on the ball. And I think he might have gotten an one. Either got an one or, or he could have could have got one. And Scalabrini on the commentary just goes, Oh my god, that is just another level. Because it's yeah. he's, you have to remember he's like six foot ten. He's, he's their second tallest player. He's taller, he's taller than um. Horford. Is he taller than Al Horford? He might, mightn't be Al Horford, but he's taller than Robert Williams and he's taller than uh, Grant Williams. Do you know, yeah, he's, he's he, their second tallest starter. He's like properly pushing 6'10". He's like when you when you get like a creative, well, not a creative player because I'd argue maybe more. Well, no, Giannis doesn't shoot well enough. But like, do you know if you got like a creative player and you just fucking push up all the stats? Huge, yeah. quick, athletic, uh, like smart can pass can, can shoot. shoot can rebound can block can stay like he literally just can do everything yeah and that's a great shot 24 he's 24 like, yeah yeah it's so a great shot it's a great shot but so, i think yeah i think like it's hard to look past them like you can make arguments for the, the next two but i think they fall short so yeah i i just i don't think that the personal stats are so radically different that you can't oh japan have just equalized We'll take a break from the NBA for one second. Japan have equalized against Spain. So what does that mean for the I'm see, I'm so sure to keeping up what this means the, for the groups. The table at the minute. Uh hold on, my, my live table hasn't updated. We'll go back to that. More on that in two minutes. But um Come on, Japan. I can't see who scored. Doan. Why uh, can I touch on this? The Japanese uh, manager, I hope they get knocked out because how is Kyogo Furahashi and Ryo Hatari not in this squad? Uh, the fucking starting center mid plays for Leganes in the Spanish second division. And Rio Hatare is playing Champions League matches where he's outclassing fucking Luka Modric. And he can't get a look in. No idea. I mean, if they don't qualify, then yes, clearly that's the reason. That is exactly the reason, yeah. Oh, Spain tried to play it from the back. And oh, Keeper had a bit of a mur. Could have saved that. Anyway, back to the NBA. So for MVP, uh, but yeah, as I was saying, I don't think the stats from the top three favorites are overly different. Where you can say, you know, one deserves it over the other, but it's the fucking wins. Like the Celtics are eighteen and four, the Bucks are fifteen and five, and I mean, Lucas 
the Mavericks are 10 and 10. That's abysmal. So I have Yana second and you have Luca second. Yeah. I, again, like, oh, it's just because you have to put someone second. And, like, normally, just me being a bigger fan of Yana, I love both of them. Me being a bigger fan of Yanis, I am a Yanis fanboy. I would have him second. But honestly, if, like, you know, if, if we did this, recorded this tomorrow and you asked me, I might put Yanis in second ahead of Luca. It's that similar to me. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree. I have them very, very close. Just have Yanis in second because of the wins and defensively. I like what Yanis brings defensively. He's second favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. Let me see, one block a game, one steal a game. Uh said it loads of times. He's you have to kind of build your offense around him. It's interesting, like just to cut in there, that uh, I mean it's not everything, but the yeah, just like comparing the two. Giannis averaging one block a game and 0.9 steals called one steal, and Jason Tatum averaging 1.1 block and 0.9 steals. That's like, interesting. I would, have, I would have thought Giannis would have more. Yeah, whereas Giannis is seen as this, I mean. The second favorite defensive player of the year, like this roving, like takes everyone out. I actually thought he moved an average in higher blocks, and that that's definitely yeah, interesting. True, that's interesting. Yeah, Tatum, Tatum has more. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- it's funny the defensive uh, advanced stats all have Luca as a really, really good defender. But I think that's just some funny business going on with when he gets yeah, subbed like, out. Uh, the... When he gets subbed out, his team is so ass that it kind of skews the defensive stats. Yeah, because you could get that bump too. Uh, with defensive stats, yeah, yeah, like neither of them are like like Lucas improving defensively, and Jokic isn't as bad as he's been made out to be, but like they're both still not on the same level as Giannis or Tatum. Yeah, I don't think there's much more to say on that. Um, the betting wise, have you got any bets from here? Yeah, so I've actually been I've been staking Tatum for the last kind of week and a half, uh, wherever I can get on again. It's a bit of a fucking nightmare living out here in terms of getting on bets because I I don't I need this. Spanish bureaucracy. I'm not going to get into it, but I can't open Spanish betting accounts yet, and uh, it's very hard. Like the the bookies are a lot better at clocking on when you're using the VPN now, so yeah. like you can get away with it for a couple of times, and then they'll just figure out. And I've tried a, a few different things, so I don't know. It's just a, a bit more awkward to get on. But are there uh, delays in your? Is would you say the Spanish? Would you say that's very typical of Spain? <laughs> are you are you trying to goad me and it's going on around there because they, yes they are they are a slow bunch. Uh, they're, they're, would you say that's a societal issue or is it are they born that way that's a question for better men than me but i think like they well you're our man on the ground what do you what do you think okay there's i think there's there's something it's something to do with the heat okay and obviously it's not that hot right now but they just they have a very relaxed lifestyle like there's it's like a double-edged sword or like two sides of a coin rather uh, because one side is good but they take life very slow and you know you're just chilling out it's the middle of the day they're sitting having a beer at a little cafe or a bar and you know not no one really walks anywhere too quick and they all probably live longer than we do back home and you know it's it is a more relaxed lifestyle but on the other side of the coin is nothing gets done <laughs> like it, nothing gets done when it should get done and like i'm talking everything from service at a bar or restaurant to just people walking on the street like honestly like they're in slow motion like they're in slow motion and they somehow always seem to be just in front of you where you can't get around them or wreck me like things just like just don't get done oh god yeah like they it's definitely can be frustrating if you come from somewhere where like things happen a lot faster yeah but, people don't wait around for much here i suppose yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to learn the positives from it which is like yeah just take everything a bit slower but yeah i can definitely get frustrated every now and then it's a okay. it's an exercise in patience can i interrupt this 
to tell you that Japan have just scored again. No way. The two one now lead now lead two one against Spain, and I do believe that brings them to six points, and they'd be top of the group. Them and Spain, unless Spain are on Spain are on five points here on my table, but I think that's like counting this much as a draw. So Spain will go to four because Spain beat. Spain drew against Germany and beat Costa Rica, so they're on four points. If they lose this, which they're currently losing, they would finish on four. Japan would be on six, and Germany are on four. But Spain gets their own goal difference, so Spain at the minute are second. Okay, so but there's nothing really. The Germans would have to pump Costa Rica to end up beating them on goal difference, would they? Yeah, they'd need to win by eight. Oh, okay. And so it's one nil in the fifty-fifth minute. Oh shit! So the Germans need to need Spain to get the finger out. And the the Spaniards may get a move on here. <laughs> That could not have worked out better. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the trouble is, I don't think they know how. Um, it's it's nature a, versus nurture debate, Ryan, but then, like you said, it's maybe for better men than us. <laughs> they need a, a bit of forward influence in there, speed them up. Well, um, so who who who's your, so you've been back in Tatum for MVP. Yeah, this week. yeah sorry, to get back to the less important stuff. Um, I've been back in Tatum at MVP every, from around, I started back around like fives, I think it was. Yeah. Um and I I I really like it. I reasoning for it is what everything we just said about him as a player. Obviously, it's a quarter of the way through the season. There's still three quarters to play. But put it this way: extrapolate the rest of the season. What's going to happen? The Celtics, barring freak injuries, and you can't really fully bet based on what you th- you know you can't guess injuries. Yeah. Uh, he's going to continue to play a lot of minutes. He's going to continue to be the best player. Continue doing what he's done. The team, I don't see them doing any worse they're, they're fucking unbelievable and they're only surely going to get better because they're getting rob williams back uh potential defensive player of the year candidate like great young player as well so i think there's only the only way is up really for the celtics so i see them top of the east i see them having the best record in the league and i think if if they do that and he doesn't get injured i honestly think it's a wrap so yeah, I agree. injuries are a potential problem fives is like not the best odds for for that long term. We we know we both but know hey, well. You're on value. I'm on value, and also we're fucking gamblers is what we do. So yeah, I I think he's worth a bet if anyone's not on him yet. What does current odds you can get him around three to He came in after last night, which is annoying because I was just about to say I hope I fucking tipped him in the last podcast. I can't remember if I did or not. I don't think I did because I started backing him just like you. But my highest odds is five to one, so sixes, and my average is five point one. Um, yeah, and he's now obviously three point five. So I'm the same as you. I I just think that the Celtics. Uh, we will t- talk more about them in a couple of minutes when we get on the coach of the year. But I just think they are an absolute behemoth. Do you know, like 2015 Warriors style team having a breakout year? This is they've obviously been to the finals last year, lost. Now they've come back, got better because they got Malcolm Brogdon in, and Tatum's now taking that leap up from All NBA to MVP level. Yeah. I just think they're going to win 60 games. And I just think, kind of like the way Monty Williams won Coach of the Year last year, they won so many games, you couldn't give it to anyone else. I just think Tatum's going to win that many games, plus his stats aren't going to be broadly different from Giannis and Luka and Jokic and Curry, that it'll just be an obvious choice. He's going to win, he'd probably win, I'd say, like maybe eight more games than Giannis, I think, at the end of the year. I think the Celtics, maybe not eight, maybe seven, seven, six, eight, six, seven, eight, somewhere like that. So he'll have a bit of a gap in wins. He'll win 20 more games than Luka, probably 15 more games than Jokic, and 15 more games than Curry. Do you know, he'll have that, and that's so, like, the MVP voters love that. I know last year it went, it didn't go that way, but 
when you have the team last year no no team really stood out if you remember like the Miami Heat topped the East with 53 yeah. with 53 wins which like you know it's quite a fucking boring average season whereas this year I think we've got like we said quite a clear juggernaut like, team. Like the Suns the other year yeah yeah so uh, yeah I'm on I've backed I've backed Tatum since the last episode um I've also had a wee tickle on Jokic at 29 some or 28 average um, I I kind of agree and I was someone I was going to bring up but tell me you go first yeah so he's just one of those he's just like if you were to tell me if you were to say to me i think nikola Jokic is the best player in the nba like it would be sometimes it's kind of hard to disagree you know advanced stats wise he just is the best advanced stats player ever like is is all i know i know some of his on off stuff looks a bit funny because they've got bad backup centers and all that crack but like this year's been weird it feels like he's not even trying and here he is again averaging 23 9 and 10. so he's nearly averaging a triple double this team where are they now? Let me see. Denver, they're second in the West, 14 and 7. Do you know? Yeah. Very quietly, he's the, his team is second in, in the conference. And that was the, the knock on him last year, even though he won it, was that they were sixth because he had injuries. So now he's got the players back. I don't think they're going to win the West. I think they can come second. I think the Suns are going to win the West. But if they come second in the conference with the stats that he's averaging, I think he's got a good shot at 29 to 1. I, I yeah, I have a feeling the Nuggets are only gonna get um better, really. And their you know, the record will improve. Especially um, Murray. Yeah, I mean Murray, MPJ, they're both still getting into the groove of things. And I yeah, I agree. And the, obviously the, the the knock against it would be the, the fatigue, award fatigue. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, if take that into account too. But I, I like it at the odds, Do you know, I don't see why he should be like the fucking eighth favourite. Like why yeah. why is he longer than Embiid? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Why is he longer than Kevin Durant? Why is he longer than Donovan Mitchell? And why is he longer than Jam Morant? Do you know, he's the one. He's the ninth favorite, which I think is mental. I think it's because the Nuggets have been a bit more under the radar this year than they have yeah. been. But they're second. Yeah. They're second no, I, I know they shouldn't be. They're just you know you're not hearing them talked about that much. Yeah. Because yeah. I think because his actual counting stats haven't been as good. Yeah, true. They are down, but his usage is way down too. Yeah, I which mean, is really strange. I've got those stats in front of me. So the top five MVP candidates, in my opinion, are the three we mentioned, plus Steph Curry and Doncic. Sorry, Steph Curry and Jokic. Um, who do you think has the highest usage out of those five? Out of the top five, uh, Doncic. Okay, he's second. Giannis. Uh, yeah, Giannis is a yeah. 39, 39% usage. Doncic is a 37. Then... Tatum is 32, Curry is 30, and Jokic is 26. So Jokic is just, he's trying to get his teammates more involved this year. He's not touching the ball as much. Do you know, yeah. Jokic is quite, he's in the 89th percentile in usage. Do you know, he's not even in the top 10% in the league, which is crazy considering how much of a sort of ball dominant player he is. Do you know, you want him to have the ball. Yeah, I, so it's, I, I think that's he's just trying to get he's, everyone else involved. Yeah, and... he's taking a step back a wee bit. I've like, mm-hmm. seen a tweet during the week. Someone said he's trying not to win MVP, but he's he's second on the <laughs> NBA, he's second on the NBA uh, MVP ladder. Do you know, so I don't know. I, I just think he's he's value. It's one of those things where I can understand voter fatigue and all that crack. But my fucking pure betting brain is just like that man is twenty nine to one. He should not be twenty nine to one. I've got to bet on him. Yeah, I actually will bet him because like the the only way he's going to move is 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 shorter, and the odds are so high that it's not going to cut into your profit if he doesn't win it. 
Much. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but also just needed to say Costa Rica have just equalized against Germany. Oh my god! So Germany were what one point zero five twenty to one on before kickoff. Yeah, and uh, matched as low at one point zero two on both oh, Shit, Japan, Japan are top of the group at the minute, and Germany are bottom. That's shocking. Jesus That's Christ! Crazy. Whatever happened to the the axis of evil, eh? <laughs> Fuck's sake! And Franco Spain second too. You can't, you can't trust. You know, keep your enemies close as I say. The Costa Ricans, um, I don't know. I wouldn't trust them as far as I get through them. <laughs> Sorry, to our Costa Rican <laughs> listeners. Um, we definitely yeah. don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> we need one. Of, we need one of our mates to go to Costa Rica and listen to it, so we can hit that part of the map. Uh, so yeah, right. We'll move on because MVP. Basically, that's kind of anyone that's worth talking about, apart from any of the real dark horses. But I don't really see anyone else winning it. So. Yeah, we'll move on to most improved. No, one, two, and three. I'll go first here because you went first last time. I've got Shai Gilgis Alexander, number one, Tyrese Halliburton, number two, and Ryan's favorite player, Ball Ball, number three. Ball Ball, a real dark horse. When you mentioned him last week, I started laughing. You like, laughed at me. I, I laughed won't you. put that on the record. It already is on the record, but yeah. Uh, it depends me, on the record let me state my mea couple from last week, Ryan, I, two weeks ago. I did laugh at you. Then I started watching games and looking at the stats. He's gone from fucking not playing at all and averaging two points a game. He's now averaging 13 points a game. So we'll talk. We'll go in reverse order here. He's averaging 13 points a game, two blocks a game. So I think he's like in the top five in the league in blocks and eight rebounds and one assist. Do you know? Lord. And he is an absolute unicorn for a start. He's seven foot three. He shoots three pointers. He can dribble the ball. He's almost like when like poor man's when Banyama and. Yeah, fair play to him. Do you know, percentage-wise, his point increase from 2 to 13 is as good as anyone's, if not better. It is better. So if you're talking pure most improved player, yeah, I don't see why not. Why he shouldn't be top three. Now, his minutes have gone up from 5 to 27. So maybe it is a case of he's actually just getting the play. But to be honest, that's always the case of most improved. They always have a big minutes increase. Yeah, so, people, like, it's, it's, yeah, it comes part and parcel of the award, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, fair play. I've got Ball firmly as third in mind, but what about your top three? Uh, yeah, so I've basically the same, and I've just kind of... I, I don't like including them, but I've I've got Halliburton tied second with uh, Laurie Bird, Laurie Markkinen. Um, really? Because, yeah, I mean, I, I do you know why? Like... I suppose maybe I'm taking too much into account what I what I think would I think other people would vote for. Do you know what I mean? If I think this season ended now, people would vote for him. If that makes sense, just yeah. because I understand why the what way the voters vote and stuff like that. I mean, at the minute, because the Jazz has fallen away a wee bit too, he, he's just he fits a lot of the narrative thing, especially because he's a bit of a you know reject from two teams almost. Yeah. Those and the Cavs, um, just to move this Jazz team full of nobody's apparently and then they just start averaging what like i don't even have his numbers up here because like i don't think he's really worth talking about that much but oh, fuck he's at like he must be at like 20 points a game i think yeah higher i think like, he could be at like 23 pretty regularly yeah i've seen him in the high 20s or early 30s a game uh for a jazz team that were for a brief shining moment top of the west so you know i, I think he's worth talking about but in all honesty uh I would have the more more accurate as S the only ones we're talking about as yeah SGA Halberton and Ball Ball. So Ball Ball, yeah, my guy. Yeah, you kind of summed up why. And do you know what it was? Like the funny thing was for me, like before I even actually looked at his numbers and talked about him last week, 
it was actually just the eye test, like watching anytime I've watched him play, and I actually really like Country Blake. He's so fucking smart. That's my favorite thing about him. Like he, he makes very little mistakes. He's really smooth jumper, like like a good shooter, good passer. Uh, he's obviously very skinny. Um, but yeah, I, like I just liked him as a player, and I was like, oh, he's a bit of a meme. You know, no one really talks about him. He's blah blah. He's fucking so tall and skinny, blah blah. And then when I looked at the numbers, I was like, oh shit, football's actually getting better, and he's actually being given a go on like a young magic team. But yeah, so I've uh, that's how I got him at, at third, just because the numbers are great, but they don't stand out as much as uh, Halliburton. I mean, numbers and eye test, and just his team. You know, his team being better, like playing better or performing better than expected. With him basically running the entire show and then yeah i mean sga is very very hard to look past for me at the number one spot yeah uh just to interrupt you costa rica have taken the lead against germany 2-1 oh, oh. but it's betting's been suspended so i think it might be going to bar i don't have that much on at the minute but jesus christ yeah that's mm. thank god i didn't put my accumulator on of all the favorites to qualify i swear to god i do that every world cup and i've never won it's like the uh masters three balls back as we always do yeah we won it once and i i will do it every year until i die but yeah anyway just a yearly donation to whichever bookie hasn't limited me and quickly check in okay so when they went one the down costa rica were matched at 360 to one on better exchange to win the game so fair play to anyone who bet that Ooh, holy shit costa rica are going through at the minute if the scores stay like this, Ren, we are podcasting here in some World Cup. We may need to pause the podcast, Rob. No, we will never pause the podcast. Costa okay, Rica right. are winning 2 1 against Germany. The video referees reviewing the goal. Japan this, is not, this is not a live World Cup podcast. At the minute, Japan are top in the group on six points. Costa Rica second in the group at six points. Spain third on four, and Germany last on one. Holy fuck. Anyway, back to Shai Gilgis Alexander. Yes, I have him More importantly. Uh, number one. The what I've got written down in my notes here is Shai Shai's thirty point games. He has fifteen this season and thirteen in his first three seasons combined. So if that hasn't doesn't tell you about you know the leap he's made this year, I think we talked about him last week and the the pod definitely did. He's just yeah. made that exact leap that the player who usually wins this sort of who usually wins this award has made. Like I remember looking year. through my stats of the last 10 yeah of the last 10 years it's something like eight of them has been a first-time all-star you know it's it's that kind of award they usually reward players who've made the jump from good to great or like great to fucking mega elite which is what he's made you know he's made that jump from oh no to h costa rica germany oh, yeah, no. the dream the dream was too big the dream was too big anyway yeah, so he's made he's made the he's made the leap. We don't need to talk about it too much. I think he's just the most obvious bet ever. He's one point five seven to win the award, which is fucking crazy this time of year. But I, I don't see year, I don't see how you can make him any longer because people would smash it. Was Tyler Hero that short this time? He was around evens at the minute. He was around evens at the minute. Yeah, part of the year. Last yeah, year. he went he went odds on in December, and then in January he went like super short. Do you know when yeah. they, when they get there around like fifty five games, and it's like right, no one else has a chance of winning this. He was just so so short, but. Yeah, it's Shai's an easy one. He's he's probably going to be if if the season ended today, he'd be second team All NBA. He'd be maybe an All Star starter, and yeah, he's just he's made that that leap to MVP. He's almost an MVP caliber player, I think. Uh, yeah, um, I know. I've heard a few people mention him as like a their like fifth pick for MVP if the season ended at the minute. I mean, yeah, why not? Do you know, yeah, fair play. I don't think there's much to say on him. Uh, for number two, Halliburton. Halliburton's actually come in today. 
odds wise. He was sticking sticking around ten to one for the last couple of weeks, and after his few recent games, he's now in the fives. So he's gone. He's actually gone second favorite in America. And interestingly uh, enough, he was actually someone we I uh, liked pre anyway. Him and Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I backed him pre pre season two. Um, I was convinced by our model maker, and mm-hmm. I have a stat up here. Before this was before last night. Now, over his last three games, he had sixty points, forty assists, and no turnovers. Like he's a he's a one man offense. He is serious. serious. Yeah, he's he leads the league in assists. He's at eleven point two a game. Trey Young second at nine point six. So he's got one and a half more assists than the fucking just wild there in second. But yeah, which is wild. And yeah, I watch I watch a lot of Pacers games because I've got bets on Matherin um for second man and rookie of the year. And I've got a wee small bet in the Pacers to make the playoffs, which I don't think they will, but it was a sixteen to one. And oh my god, they're so fun. They're so fun to watch, and Halliburton's kind of the main reason. You know, he has the ball in his hands a lot, and he's one of those players that when he gets a pick and roll, all of a sudden he's got either an open shot or found an alley oop. It's just, yeah. you know, those players are just instant offense. Just that's yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's so funny because like they stand out as much as like the other ones. You know, we're more like I wouldn't say we're pessimistic, but we like to pick on the people that are like, oh my god, get the ball out of his hands. He doesn't have a fucking clue. Do you know, when you're betting on a team in the playoffs, for example, yeah, and like anytime you know someone you like, the, the good players and they pass it up, but Halliburton's like the opposite where you're like, oh, I want to see what he can do. Like anytime yeah. he gets the ball, you're like, what the fuck's he gonna do here? Like, yeah, he's 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 a fun watch. Like I agree. And for most improved, though, you know, we do say it, like we we're saying, it, it usually needs to be someone who's going to make their first all-star team. He's got a chance. You know, he's averaging 19 points a game and 11.2 assists. Like we said, leading the league in assists. That's not a bad shout for an all-star. Do you know, he won't how many how many ever. guards? How many guards are there? Uh, well, there's two. Star- are they doing a front court and back court? I think it's two starting guards, and then I think there's probably four more guards on the bench plus, plus two like wild cards. Okay, so quickly, who would you say? Oh, oh god, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I need to look at look at stats and stuff. But you know, I like I don't see why he should be in the conversation, especially because yeah, the Pacers are injured. Yeah, um, Pacers are doing well. But, you know, the Pacers I think are fourth in the East at the minute, which I will repeat, it, it won't last. But they're doing much better than expected. Everyone thought they would be down with the Pistons and the Rockets at the basement. But the, oh yeah, like thanking thanking for Wemby. Yeah, but they're absolutely not. So yeah, fair play to him. I've been really impressed. But like we said, I don't think there's any argument to think shy is far and away the winner here yeah and then for that reason then i'm gonna say there's not much to talk about in terms of value remaining for betting no it's hard i've backed the only player i've backed since the last episode has been ball ball at 35 to 1 and i've got pennies on it because there's no point putting any more you're just putting money on it to to make all your outcomes nice whenever you've got the fucking winning outcome already picked mm-hmm. it's, know, yeah so. it's, it's betting against injury again I yeah, I would leave it. That's yeah. one of those ones. If 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 there's a bad injury, maybe start backing other players. But for now, leave it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now we'll move on then to rookie of the year. Yeah. So, so I'm only um, going to do a one-two for this. Yeah. Same. I I actually didn't even look at anyone else because there's no point. There's no point. It's quite clearly between Paolo Bancaro and Benedict Matherin, like we've said before. Who do you have one and two? So for the season so far. If the if the season ended today and you had to give an award out, it's really fucking hard because the the games played thing is then coming into account because there only has been what 20, 20 games or twenty two twenty one games. Okay, and Matherin's played in all twenty one of his teams, and Van Caro's played in fifteen, right? Yeah. So like he 
he's missed a few games, but he's clearly like, and he gets more minutes, so that means his numbers are better. But like, okay, so got up like the per thirty six comparison there. Uh, per thirty six minutes, Bancaro averages twenty three points a game. Matherin averages twenty four point seven, so we'll round it up twenty five. Okay, um, Matherin averages less turnovers, one by half half of a turnover less. Um, the average is the same amount of steals. Bancaro's got the lead in assists, rebounds, uh, and then shooting wise, uh, Matherin kind of edges him out. It's free throws, or sorry, they, they both put up the same, similar amount of shots a game, uh, similar amount of free throws a game. Uh, Matherin, yeah, like I said, Matherin's better free throw percentage, better two point percentage, better, uh, or sorry, he's got a worse three point percentage, better three point percentage. He's a 40% three, uh, three shooter per 36 minutes. So it's really fucking tight. And Matherin's doing it all off the bench in less minute. Uh, obviously, that's averaged out. But if you oh, fuck me, okay, gun to my head, I'm going Bancaro. Okay, I have Bancaro one, Matherin two, written down. But the more I think about it, the closer I actually think it is. I didn't think it was particularly close. I th- when I made my choice earlier on, but the more I'm looking at the stats I have in front of me and listening to you, like it's one of those ones where you kind of have to dig a wee bit deeper than the stats, don't you? Because it's kind of like last year where Scotty Barnes had worse stats than Mobley and Cade, but he won Rookie of the Year because he was a really important player on a team that made the fucking playoffs, whereas the Cavs didn't make the playoffs and the Pistons yeah. came bottom of the East. So and the season ended right now, where are the Pacers? Like you just well, said. that's it. The, the, Matherin is, so I would say he is their third most important player behind Halliburton and Miles Turner. I'd say, I'd say he's more important than Buddy Hill, to be honest. So he's the third best player on a team that is fourth in the East and Bancaro is the best player who gets way more touches and is literally running the offense for the team who is, I will tell you now, they're definitely not fucking fourth in the East anyway. No, they're probably fourth bottom. They are second bottom. Five wins and 17 losses. Yeah, like they're they're, they're essentially tanking already just because they're so young. Yeah, Um, and so that's, yeah, the more I think about it and... You know, if you go to totals, ben, uh, Matherin has scored sixty-three more points than Bancaro, and in six more games, but but only slightly more minutes played. Yeah, so yeah, he's only got what fifty more minutes, roughly. So you could say Benedict Matherin leads all rookies in scoring, which he does, and the best ability is availability, which he has. He's played every game. I, I did some quick calculator maths here when you were talking there, and if you were to extrapolate what we've played so far out to an 82-game season, Bancaro would only have played 58 games. What's Matthew, generally the cutoff? Matthew would have played 82. The cutoff, God, it's usually like 60 at least. Do you know, you can't really... And even 60, it's usually 65. And Anyone, here, yeah, and It's very rare for someone to win an award with less than 65 games played. What... Are the odds of okay if the magic if the magic really try to the thing is they're probably gonna even if they play Bancaro they're gonna finish bad enough that they'll be in the bottom four for the lottery right yeah yeah he can, okay, he can so play they as don't, much as he wants and they're not they don't exactly him. need to they're not gonna pull him do you know what I mean in this rookie no. season or anything so no. okay so that's not an option um but fuck. so it it depends what is the award rookie of the year is that best rookie of the year. Or as opposed or to like the best top, rookie of the best top, team. Top scoring rookie or best rookie on the best. You know, it's one of those stupid things where I, I need more clarity from the league. I might send an email in. But yeah. if I, I mean, if we're going to be, if we're going to be future ballot, uh, ballot holders, like you'd like to. Yeah. Think. Yeah. We might, whenever we get this guy. This well, we should be fucking ballot holders ahead of those, the boys that they have like in like. Fucking, I don't fucking know, Mo Bouncy. 
Yeah. Actually, Mo, oh, minds doesn't, Mo minds he doesn't get one, but uh, <laughs> but but uh, whenever we take over the Sky uh, basketball coverage, maybe we'll get some. But yeah, the people are from fucking like Tencent and Gazetta della Sport in Italy and all like they don't even fucking yeah. watch the games. Yeah, and they just pick like Faku Campanazzo because he's Italian or he's Argentinian. Yeah, the name got me. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm sure they're picking Italian basketball. I nearly said Ginobili. What do you call him? Injured for the Celtics, the who would have also been class this year. Gallinari. Okay. Oh yeah. Andrea Bargnani, former number one pick, doesn't play anymore. Yeah, I've changed my mind. I am the problem as we speak. I changed my mind. I like the per 36 numbers. I like the totals. I like availability. I like that he's playing meaningful minutes for a team that's actually not tanking. So on that basis, I'm changing my mind. I'm going, and I am maybe slightly letting my bias cloud my judgment here because I've got you a bet on it. More so yeah. for sixth man. If he wins sixth man, I'm moving to Valencia. So number one, Matter. Number two, Bancaro. Have you just talked yourself into putting more on him as rookie of the year? Absolutely not. No. Have you already got enough on him, or do you not think he's going to win? Uh, no, I don't have much on him at all. I'm waiting for an injury. Can I interrupt this broadcast? My girlfriend's just arrived home, and my dog is about to go nuts. Sorry. just Let me see. Oh, she's camp. She, she likes me better, Ren. So I get more of a welcome whenever uh, I come home. I currently I currently don't get a welcome when I come home, so I need, I'm looking forward to getting home for Christmas. And Why don't you get a little perro? could get a perrito. Uh, definitely an option. But Anyway. It's been yeah anyway, we digress so i've kind of talked myself into in a bit of a matherin not a bet he's you know he's too short yeah i'm with you i'm gonna hold off on on another bankero possible injury like i mean he's already been injured once and as my physio told me the number one predictor of future injury is past injury so oh ricardo no not ricardo he couldn't say that in english uh and if he if i translated that in spanish i'd be so impressed um <laughs> yeah you know, I, I think it's an easy one just it's not a bet at the minute especially because the odds have got a bit tighter and also yeah, the yeah. reason I'm picking him is because of the availability thing. Like Bancaro could play the rest of the season and then you wouldn't have an argument. True, true. Okay, well, we'll move on then from rookie of the year because there's no more, as we said, there's no more value. So the next bet we should talk about, I think, is we'll get it out of, more of a get it out of the way. Oh, do you know what? It's actually become more interesting, I think, sick man of the year. How is that a get it out of the way? That is my fucking bread and butter. Yeah, and, and the reason it's is because... It's joy. Okay, well, then you, you can take the lead on this one. Okay, so... This is an award where the odds are completely fucking wrong for a start. Oh, Germany, fuck off. Just went 3-2 up. Yeah, so odds-wise, the uh, odds are completely wrong. Russell Westbrook, as of yesterday, was evens to win this award, which is fucking mental. He doesn't even come in my top three. He's also, he's also... What did you say? It's Barmy. It's, it's Barmy. It is, yeah. It is Barmy. He's, he's not even going to... I don't think he's going to finish the season with the Lakers. I think he's going to get traded pretty soon. They just... Here's a small prediction for you. They just waved... Um, was it Matt Ryan or something? Something Ryan, who also had a fucking three-pointer on the buzzer to send a match to overtime against the Pelicans, who I've bet on to win their division earlier in the season, and now I got waived from the team. So that's great. But they waived him to clear roster space, which I think is to make a trade. And if they were to make a trade for anyone, it's probably going to have to involve Westbrook. So I don't even think he's going to finish the season on the Lakers, and whoever he gets traded to, he might start, so he won't even be fucking sick-man eligible. So... Don't think he should be favourite, but we'll talk more about that when we get to the the odds and who's value and stuff at the end. My one, two, and three, I have our good friend Benedict Masterin first. I have Christian Woods second, and I have Malcolm Brogdon third. Okay, interesting. I... What about you? Do you want to tell me your top three, and then we'll jump into the players? Yeah, I have the exact same. 
No way. Yeah, it's 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 interesting that uh, you know we always end up. Actually, we don't always end up in the same things, but yeah, I have my top three is the exact same. Mathurin with Brogdon. I thought I was being a bit of a hipster picking Brogdon third. No, I I like Brogdon. Brogdon was one of my potential. I was going to bet on him preseason. Did you pick him because he played well last night? No, no, I didn't even. He, I was. I mean, what was it last week or two weeks ago? I can't remember. Within the last uh, week or two. So anyway, I like Brogdon Pre because, like, going back to his his season, uh, the season before he was traded from the box, I've always liked him, and I, you know, it's a, it's an overtake, but he shouldn't have, he should have been the one that left the fucking play. So uh, should have left that team instead. Brogdon, he was a 50-40-90. He had a 50-40-90 season on the box the year they could have won the championship. Uh, got, in the playoffs. Yeah, got moved to a dog fucking Pacers team. Um, and just sort of, you know, he, he shouldn't be asked to run or to lead an entire, you know, he's not going to be your number one or even, I mean, obviously for the Celtics, not your number one or he two. He even said that himself in an interview recently. Yeah, like he doesn't want to be and it's it's a lot of effort to fucking try and carry a team. I love Brogdon. I think he's a great fucking two-way player, great shooter, perfect for the Celtics. Another reason we'll get on to why I think they're going to fucking like, smash the league this year. Um, Like the fact that they're picking him up and he's 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 a, he's a sick man. He's coming off the bench for them. He's a fucking like for any other team in the league, like a starting or just backup point guard. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's a fucking brilliant player. The thing is, he doesn't stand out as much uh, in terms of what this award can be, which is you know just the points per game award. Um, or like he he, he scores well and he, he actually runs the fucking offense when he comes on, which is nice too. But um. What's he actually on this year? I don't have it up at the moment. 14.4 points a game. Okay, so it's not, you know, you're used to, I, I could say off the top of my head, last year, Tyler Harrow was probably... Tw- I think he was at 21. 21, 22, I was going to say. Yeah. Um, so, look, it doesn't jump out that much, but his advanced stats are great. He does it on both ends. Uh, he's, like I said, he's running the offense off the bench. He And you've got the win- the team wins as well. Will come into it because they're going to, I think they're going to win so many games. Yeah, I think... And like this is my my point is preseason I thought he would have more points off the bench. Um obviously he doesn't feel the need to he doesn't feel the need to do it all himself because he has better players surrounding him, I think. Um, you know, if he was coming off the bench with worst with the worst subs, you know what I mean? If if he had worse like talent around him, he would just have he would shoulder more burden. But uh I think he's happy enough to just fucking do what he needs to do, share the ball when he needs to share the ball, play some good defense, shoot well, and just like so that's what I mean. He doesn't jump off the page in terms of points for a game, but everything else he ticks all the boxes. Yeah, I I agree. I have him third because of you know, like you said, if you were to swap him and fucking any of these other players, I think he would average their stats no problem, if not better. It's just yeah. the fact he plays for the Celtics and he's not gonna get as many shots as Matherin's gonna get, or especially as fucking Westbrook's gonna take. Like I'm looking at the shots, field goal attempted. Uh, Brogdon's taking ten shots a game. Westbrook's taking thirteen and a half. You know, uh, yeah. he's just never going to get the shots or or the usage. So, I have him third. I think he's having a really good season, and it's the the wins have him third for me. Even though this award is generally, like we say, it's the points per game off the bench award. So for that reason, I have Christian Woods second, who's averaging the second most points off the game off the bench. 16.3 points a game, 7.7 rebounds, and half a steal, half a block, and one assist. Doesn't really matter. But he's, his shooting's decent. He's shooting 60% effective field goal percentage. You know, that's the highest out of anyone on this list. Now, gets a lot of shots at the basket, which kind of skews that a bit. But he also shoots threes. 
he's, he's, he's shooting three and a half three pointers a game. No, he's a great so, offensive player, but like, and he's, he's making them forty percent. That number is going to be there. It's going to be that high when you got Luca just dishing your fucking alley oops, like. Yeah, true. And his shots at the rim tend to be alley oops that you can't miss. So Christian Wood's problem. I when we talk value, I want to talk about him. But his problem is he doesn't actually have a really clearly defined role on the team. Like he's hasn't started the game yet, eighteen games off the bench. But there's been so much nonsense coming out in the press about Jason Kidd, the coach, trying to coach him, you know, trying to ride him pretty hard and like not give him very many minutes and because he's not playing defense and stuff. And I, I think Lucas yeah, got a bit fed up. There was a startup uh sorry, a quote about Luca last week saying that the lineup we started with in the third quarter is our best lineup. And it, it, funny enough, did have Christian Wood on it. But then Jason Kidd was asked about that and he said, no, I wasn't happy with the defense that that lineup uh, showed me. But that was this was the, the game against the Bucks. But that was the only quarter they won that game. Do you know, was when Wood started and played. So yeah, I think there's a bit of a, I don't know what the word would be, not an asterisk, but there's a bit of a question mark hanging above him in terms of like, you got to, the, the two angles, right? So it's like, yeah, he's going to put the numbers up, but could he end up starting if things change? Which I don't know if they would. But then also, how, what way is Kid going to go? Because you don't fucking know what way he's going to turn out as the season progresses. You know, to either yeah. start starting him or stop playing him altogether because they have a fallen out. He's moved. He's been on six or seven teams in six or seven years. So there's always the potential. He, I don't know. It's moved. Like, oh, I don't even know what way the contracts would work or whatever. But he. You know, when you talk about the likes of Brogdon, it's like none of that matters because he's just yeah. playing his game. There's, no Wood, there's so many extra shit that kind of freaks me out of it and would worry me. But the numbers are still great. Yeah, I mean, his, his numbers are re- are really good. And he plays less minutes than the other. The only person who plays less minutes is Brogdon. But Wood plays 25 and a half minutes. Matherin is 28. Poole is 27 and a half. Westbrook's 28. You know, he plays considerably less minutes and takes two less shots than the other three you know and he's averaging the second most points so like uh he's the mavericks i think he's the mavericks second best player but i just don't think jason kidd either knows how to use him or just doesn't like him and has this weird thing where he feels like he needs to coach him it could and be it's really annoying because I'd, because here's the other thing if jason kidd wasn't the coach i think christian wood would be starting yeah 100%. So the only reason he is even has a chance at sick man is because for some reason Jason Kidd's bringing him off the bench, but then he's not fucking playing him. So I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's a very, very strange situation, but I have a bet on him from a couple of weeks ago, but we'll talk more about that when, when we finish talking about who our number one pick was here. Yeah, I think just to, just the cap off, Wood, I think like my personal, not that it matters much, but my personal opinion of why he's doing it is because like when Kidd was brought in, he quite clearly has had such a... Uh, it's put such an onus on defense for the Mavs. Like the defense got so much better the year he like and like I I had him in our little season predictor thing we did. We actually didn't do this year. Uh, I had him as the first coach to be fired because he was like a fucking wife beating and it's like the 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 world we live in right now. You know, past fucking things come yeah. on to you. You know, he had a bit of trouble in the past. He had a, not exactly a stellar reputation after the his Bucks stint. So, um. I had yeah, you know, I had to lead the thing first, and then he ended up making them like well, one of the top best, the top ten defenses in the league last year, coming from five. top five. Yeah, they were really good when they hadn't been great the year before. So, and Wood is a notorious offense only player. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't really offer you much on the other end. Um, so it would like, be good I, for this award if the coach didn't care so much about the defense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But unfortunately, he does. So that's anyway. That's what I think. But yeah, so 
just before you even move on to who we both have as number, uh, number one, uh, why does Poole not feature in your... Uh, Poole has had a really poor season, and it's it's easy to say, like, oh, the punch, you know, the, the punch in preseason with Draymond Green is affecting him, or the big contract, or I actually think Poole's biggest problem was the fact they had to play most of the season with Wise, James Wiseman so far, who is maybe the worst player to ever play in the NBA. So <laughs> his his minutes were matched up quite closely with Poole's. So, what a take. Yeah, uh, honestly, he he he. That's well, he's definitely not, the worst, not even that spicy. The worst rating, uh, like phenomenons of all time, right? We talked about that last easily, week. easily. Yeah. So just if you look at the raw stats, um, Poole doesn't make my top four. He would probably be fourth or fifth. He'd probably be fifth out of Westbrook fourth. But Poole, sixteen points a game, four and a half assists, two rebounds. Yeah, he's maybe getting more assists than Matherin less rebounds less points taking the same amount of shots playing the same amount of minutes it's just his, his efficiency has been really bad he shot the ball really badly this year he's just basically it just comes down to shooting and his effective field goal percentage is 49 percent Matherin's is 52 and that seems to make a difference between the points per game do you know and mm-hmm. those advanced stats are real have been terrible obviously that's been brought down by um Wiseman a bit but I don't think he, a Wiseman can account for all that and I think the Warriors have been fucking bum fluff up until now. Now they're they're turning it around a wee bit, but like they've had a very poor start of the season. So do you know, I'm happy to have him fifth. I'll go with fifth. Yeah, and I'm happy to have him. Westbrook too. Uh, no, I I think we're both on the same sort of page about Westbrook, where we think he's a potential to be traded, and it's just I think people got really excited about the potential, his potential to be the sixth man of the year, and I think that's why he's always got counted in so much. Do you yeah. know, like, oh, what could happen? Because, like, the odds haven't really moved too much since, like, that fucking first kind of week whenever they were like, okay, he's not coming off the bench. And then he put up, like, a couple of decent games. And everyone was like, oh, here we go. And it's, but it's like, it hasn't borne out. Like, I mean, his numbers are his points and stuff. It's been better for the Lakers, definitely. But uh, I just think come the end of the season with the potential for him to be moved and stuff, there's just absolutely no value in him at 2.4. Yeah. And, I'd mentioned earlier in the episode that he was around evens earlier in the week, which he was. So he's moved out from evens to 2.5 paddy power, 2.4. He's moved it to 2.75 at Unibet. And Matherin has shortened the sevens and Brogdon's in the eights. So I think that's a bit of Brogdon coming in because Brogdon was in the 12, 14s last, earlier in the week. Yeah, he's I think the, the combination eight. of Matherin and Brogdon coming in has definitely, uh, you know, contributed to him moving out. Yeah, so we'll talk about value now. Do you have anyone who you would consider betting on from here? I mean, I have been and probably will continue to bet on Matherin for now. Um, I think he, I can't even, to be honest, I can't even remember. I need to double check what I started betting him at. But uh, shout out to our man with the models, uh, Mick, our man with the models, uh, our brother who's loves making a little chart for these NBA awards. And, you know, Matherin isn't getting talked about because as far as I'm aware, no rookies ever won sixth man of the year. I yeah, I don't think that's ever happened. So that you you know, if you're a, one of those people that's like Chelsea haven't beat United in the last fucking ten games, it's like, yeah, well you're cutting games where like they had two completely different squads. Do you know, like like when you're it's yeah. like, things change, right? Things happen for the first time and then they, and then that's it. It's not the first time anymore. But if you just count out the fact that he's a rookie, like he he is clearly should be far fucking lower than well when we started betting him. Um, okay, twenty thirties was the first I got him at. This is the highest I got him at. Yeah, um, highest I got uh, was 30, 36s. <laughs> yeah, my average is twenty six. 
the average is okay. My average is probably around 20, but uh, yeah, so sevens and still value, yeah, uh, yeah, why not? Like, I think I said on the last episode, if he was called Tyler Hero, he'd be odds on, you know, it's a it's a points per game award, and he's got far and away the most points per game off the bench. He's averaging 19 points a game, and Christian Wood is second and 16, Jordan Wood as well, and 16, Westbrook's 15. So he's averaging yeah. four more points a game than the guy who's favourite. Do you know what I mean? Apologies if you can hear my dog barking. She's very excited that she can hear me talking. But it's just it's one of those things. He's been his odds are being held back because he's a rookie, and that's it. Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, again, it's one of those things. It's just you, uh, uh, fucking Kevin O'Connor or uh, Zach Lowe or Bill Simmons saying. And if my friend's sixth man of the year, he's got the most points on the bench. And then honestly, like that does drive stuff. Like it, it drives narratives, it drives odds eventually. I think that like it sort of takes a bit of it's a bit of a delay. But um especially like, if they can make the play in. If they can just come eighth, that's so much more important than coming ninth. Yeah. So, a good reason to, to cheer on the Pacers every game too, I suppose. Yeah, I just want to look at the, the East really quick and see. So they're fourth at the minute. So if they were to come eighth. They need to beat out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams. So, do you think that that would be how eight works? Huh? <laughs> you did you not just say if they were to come? No, eight, no, 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 no. There's fifteen teams in the in the conference, so I was counting the other, the other way. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you were to come eight, you don't need to beat the top seven. Yeah, I know, but it was. <laughs> you're literally <laughs> no, you coming. I thought you were in the top seven. No, you need to beat the the next. Oh, seven. okay. Thought so, you just made it. Pretty big gaff there, but it was me who made the gaff. It was so. Uh, how do you say gaff in Spanish? That's uh, who could say too much. Too much for you. Okay. Are they better than the? Will they finish higher than the Pistons? Yes. Magic. Yes. yes. Hornets. Yes. So those three are certs. I have the next worst team as the Knicks. Yes, I think they'll finish higher than the Knicks. So we need. Um, then you get the Bulls. Bull. I think they're better than the Bulls. Okay, so there's five. So we need to be two more teams, and we've got the Wizards. Wizards. Yes. Um, yeah, Why not? Yeah. Yeah. God, this is going to look so stupid because I'm looking at the SR, the symbol ratings here, and doesn't look great for the Pacers. Have they but, had an easy start? Yeah, they have. Yeah, they really have. Um, there's six, and then they so they've got to beat out either the Heat or the Nets. Oh God, maybe not. It right, would be a very come tough ask. Just, just come ninth, like make a close run to the the play in, and then we've got a decent argument for sixth man. But stats wise, like personal stats wise, yeah, like I said, if he had anyone's name that wasn't his, he'd be. I think he'd be odds on. So yeah. I think it's good value. Yeah, if you want to back anyone from here, you can get him at uh, seven to one. Paddy Power, seven to one. Stamp, stamp and seal. If you're not on anyone at the minute, I would be putting a bet on uh, Mathurin and giving you reason to cheer him and the Pacers on. Yeah, so that'll take us. I think that'll finish the player awards, right? Uh, yeah, oh, here's one more award. Defen- defensive player of the year. Oh, fuck yeah, true. Yeah, and this is a big one. This is... I, have, I have some takes for this. I... Okay, let me hear your top three. Starting in reverse order. Okay, three to one. Okay, for defensive player of the year. It's... This is a pickler. I, this one has kind of fucked my head because I always on the record as i think big men should basically win this award every time and but there's a little i mean he's yeah a wing og ananobi who's been fucking it's just the steals and stuff and he's just he is a great defender i really like him but i'm gonna give him uh he's gonna be my uh how do you say it 
honorable mention before I get into it is Ojeda. So he's not your top three. No, he's not my top three. Okay. Uh, my top three. I'm gonna go Evan Mobley third. Giannis second. Brooke first. Okay. I have Evan Mobley third, OG Ananobi second, and Brooke first. Okay, interesting. So we both have Evan Mobley third, so we'll touch touch on him first. Why do you have him third? Mobley is like the future of the NBA in defense like terms. Like, you know, the only people we're talking about are the, those fucking huge, I don't even know what ideas. He's seven, is he seven foot? foot? Yeah. Yeah, seven foot. Seven foot tall, can defend one through five fucking rips the ball off point guards and try to go past them uh you know can block intercept he's got he's got he's really smart too he's not just like a i can use my size well like and, and block people he's a good rim protector he he fits perfectly in the you know i have him and jared allen as a real sort of similar not the exact same obviously but a really similar comp to Giannis and brooke with brooke and jared allen being the the five who's like yeah, the proper like rim protector and then uh Mobley being like the kind of more Roman style, but um, maybe not as athletic as Giannis, obviously. But I don't know. He's just you can see people now learning as well, and they're starting to fucking respect him and not go at him as much. But I think you mentioned to me just like offer about his like contests at the like what maybe the best defender when he's defending one on one in the league in terms of the numbers. If you were to you know take them, if you were to trust. Yeah, he's stats. he's. Uh, if you look at isolation attempts defended, his opponents are seven for thirty three against him, which is twenty. They're shooting, which is twenty one percent. So yeah. whenever Evan Mobley's defending someone in isolation, he's giving up points twenty one percent of the time, which is the best in the league. Yeah, and he has contested the most amount threes in the league. Yeah, fun fact: he's got the most three point contests in the league too. Which just is a great highlight for the one through five kind of and. And also is a number that highlights his this athleticism, I think. So getting out of contesting threes and how well how well they trust him to defend one through five. I think yeah. um I think he's just fucking unbelievable. He's young, he's getting better. Uh um, twenty one. Yeah. How crazy is that? He's he's twenty one. He's, he's still physically probably grown a bit. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, he still needs to fill out because he's very skinny. Um, yeah. there was talk this week during one of the Cavs broadcasts that they they actually expect him to be able to make a Yanis like physical improvement in terms of muscle so you know, and, here's and, something and that like it doesn't really affect what we're talking about in terms of the awards but i did want to touch on i was, I was watching uh who the cast played the other day uh or they, the last, they, night? last night they played the sixers yeah i think it was the sixers game was it out of the game before i think it was the sixers game uh first quarter one of the first sort of plays in the first quarter he takes it, gets a rebound, I think, and takes it like coast to coast and Euro steps gets a let. I watched that and what was your first thought when you when you watched it? Uh, I was like Giannis. Giannis, like it, it was literally like watching Giannis, but like before Giannis has sort of got a bit more of his uh like style about him and like you know, it wasn't as smooth as Giannis can do it. But I mean it was still fucking smooth. I thought and... it was smoother. Giannis is a bit like heavy. No, and... Okay, I don't mean smooth. When I say smooth, I mean like I, like when he started doing it, I didn't trust that he was going to score. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like whereas Giannis, you're always like, oh, Giannis is going to your step. And I mean, Giannis kind of just extend the arm dunks that a lot of the time. But Mobley had this little soft touch or whatever. And uh, I, yeah, and my first thought was, oh, fuck, that's, that's like, he's Giannis in a couple of years if he works on that. If, like, and like, surely it's, it's 
I'm not going to say it's easy, but it would be great for the coaches to just sit and you've got how many years of tape on Yanis and just stick Mobley in front of it and be like, yeah, like Matrix yeah. style, like implanted in his brain. Like, like I mean, Yanis was nowhere near this level at Mobley's age. Oh, no. no, 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 nowhere no. near. And no, not at all. You know, I, I don't think it's a big thing to say that, do you know, if the NBA was to do like a redraft uh, next year, Mobley would probably go in the top five or six. I mean, if you're picking a player, he's going to take you for the next few yeah, years. Yeah, like, if the NBA redrafts all the players, so you're going to have him for four years at least. Yeah. I, I can see it. I think he's a cert for top 10. And you could argue even higher because he, he's one of those players that, if you look at his stats, yeah, do you know those like stat news uh, Twitter accounts that like they, they blank out the player's face and give you the stats between two players? Uh-huh. He has like the same stats as Alper and Schengen from the, the Rockets. But you're, you're fucking mad if you think, you know, Schengen's a better player than him. Do you know if you watch him, he is just a fucking joy to watch. It's like you mean Tark Tark Kowinski? Kowinski? Yeah, yeah. I actually quite like, but I love uh, no no disrespect to Albert and Schengen because I do like him and he's very fun. But Mobley yeah. is one of those players that is his uh, impact on the game is just so much more than the box score. That's such a meme, but it, it is so true. Like he, he only looks like he's averaging like seventeen and eight because he doesn't get that much rebounds. Because like we said, he's fucking first in the league at contesting threes and. It's the way you see other teams' defenses having to adjust to the fact that he's already he already knows what they're gonna do. Like every single game I watch, you'll see like all stars beating their man and seeing that Mobley's coming to help and going, Nope, don't want any of that. So, yeah, it's recycle, just, like, recycle like, and try to get out of the field. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He is just like obviously his his weaknesses are that he's maybe a bit under underweight. You know, he's he can still get pushed around and you know all, all the usual stuff that young players have, but oh my god, I think I think that he could uh, he could really really it's really likely I think that he'd be the next you know Kevin Garnett. Maybe. Yeah, the, the KG comp is a big one, right? And I, yeah, I think KG's the obvious one. I think it's 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 the easiest one, and it makes the most sense. It is who he plays like. So the more the more exciting one for me is Giannis, like a Giannis too. Like that would, that would be good. They they think he can be like that, and you know at the minute he's probably a better ball handler than Giannis was at this age. Um, I don't know if he's a better shooter. Probably I don't know. Giannis had a nice jump shot when he was young, but. Defensively, no, yeah. No, no, no. Defensively, he's one of the be- he's one of the best defenders defenders in the league. I have him third in my. Do you know I have him third in my list here? But I also think he's a better defender than OG Ananobi. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I yeah. I have OG I second, but I think Mobley is better for your defense. You any coach would rather have Mobley, I think. Yeah, true. And again, um, an easy reason why is because bigs are more important to overall team defense. Um. Obviously, wings are important, but I think someone like Mobley is more important. Uh, you also have bet been betting on him. If on not, Mobley or OG? Mobley from like a while yeah, ago. Yeah, I bet Mobley preseason um, at forty to one. He's in. Um, I'm looking at Hills at the minute he's ten. So yeah, so he's he's sitting sitting pretty at third favorite. You know, sneaky. The Cavs have turned up their defense a bit, and the Cavs now have the second best defense in the league. Behind and just the Bucks. Yeah, and Allen's been injured. So there's this stupid section of Twitter that thinks Allen's a better defender and carries Mobley, but it's complete nonsense. Like the Cavs had the 27th worst defense in the league the year Jared Allen joined and played every played the whole season. Mobley got drafted the next year and their defense automatically became top 10. And now in Mobley's sophomore season, they've got the second best defense in the league. And the only yeah, other changes like, they've made have been at guards. They've been uh, a drafted a Coro who doesn't really play. And they've um, brought in Donovan Mitchell, who's like an average defender. Uh, so they, 
and Carson right. Burdard's an average defender. It's it's yeah. it's literally screaming at you that this guy is generational. Do you know? And people still think Jared Allen's a better defender, more important to the Cavs. They're fucking brain dead. But anyway, not even disparaged. Like I mean, like you said, maybe their team record, but it was the team defense record. Was Jared Allen's a great defender and he's great paired beside Mobley. Yeah, yeah, but I think yeah. you're mad if you think he's better or more important. No, no, I don't. Yeah, he's not more important. Um, so, so yeah, so both are probably absurd. But I, yeah, betting wise, I don't think he's value at the minute. I think no, me neither. I don't have any bets on him, and I don't think he's going to win, and I don't think he's value. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair. I'm happy enough with my preseason bet. You know, I'm on average odds of seventeen, so happy to be beating the beating the market at the minute. And but yeah, I wouldn't back anything from here. But number two, OG Ananobi, who I also have a bet on at 125 to one. He's now in the eights, I think. Yeah, which is a pretty fucking jump. And that was also a quick jump, right? Yeah, that that happened in the space of about a week. He went, he went in like twenty fives, and now he's in the about eights. So he's an interesting one. He's first in the league in loose balls recovered, second in the league in deflections, and first in the league in steals, while guarding the other team's best player every night for a team that has, I think, the tenth best defense in the league. So. Sorry, to, just not even to draw, but he has the he has the things in order that would make me pick a smaller person for defensive player of the year that Smart should have had, where Smart just had team defensive record, and he obviously yeah. is a good defender. But like, do you know what I mean? So yeah, so OG, um, yeah, I'm a I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I, I'm not going to disparage him at all. You know, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Do I think he's going to win? Probably not. But I'm on good value and. I'm gonna start posting cryptic tweets about him and the fact that he should be defensive player of the year. But to be, no, to be fair, um, I, he's nice odds, but I got fuck all on it. Like, so I really prefer if Brook Lopez wins, who we'll talk about in a minute. But also, I watched the Cavs, um, Raptors game during the week, and oh my god, OG Ananobi put Donovan Mitchell in hell. Did he? Like he is, he is a fucking monstrous defender. He didn't have he a good night last night against Zion, but he is. Yeah, uh, who who knows? To be fair, he is a monstrous defender. For a, a guy who's bigger than Mitchell too, you'd expect Mitchell to have like the speed on him, but it didn't matter. Just Mitchell, I think, ended up having like twelve points or something. He's he's good to watch. You know, he's wait, like when's the last time you've actually seen a proper good lockdown wing like Kawhi? Do you know like a yeah. lockdown six eight guy? Yeah, true. Actually, good point. Probably Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi, maybe like is Tatum, maybe not. I mean, I don't well, what heights Mikhail Bridges because people seem to think he's fucking yeah, like he's like six seven, true, but fuck yeah. him. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I don't know, I have Anna be second. You have Yana second. I think that's pretty obvious. It's, I think we talked yeah. about that. I mean, the same reasons why I think he he's one defensive player of the year before and he's always oh, like first team all defense. And we talked about it last week, like at this point, there's not really much more to add about why Yanis is like, like. I think I actually think his defense is fucking underrated because I don't really hear that many people talking about him anymore because he just does it on the reg now. But like, yeah, I mean, advanced stats wise and team defensive rating wise, and just this this sort of team defense that crafted where he's that roving sort of four uh, defender, just ter- terrifying all around. And yeah, I think he's quite clearly uh, should be up there in the top two. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty fair to be fair. But at the same time. If you think about it, if this, and I'm going to make this argument for the guy who I'm about to pick number one, in that he's you know the best defender on the best team, but sorry, best defender on the best defensive team, but 
their defense, their defensive rating's only one better than the Cavs. It's getting close. It was like three or four better uh, a couple of weeks ago from second place, or like maybe two or three better than second place, like uh, two or three points better than the Clippers. But now, so the, the Bucks' defensive rating's 107.2 and the Cavs is 108.2. So, you know, maybe if, if the Cavs can get that down and they've been missing Jared Allen and stuff, you know, it could be an interesting argument with Mobley. True. I, true. I, I think that you know if if they get close to the Bucks, I think it'll be maybe more of an argument between the best defenders in each team, which I think is Lopez and Mobley. So maybe that's why Giannis could get squeezed a bit. And yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about number one. So I we both have Brook Lopez. I think he's a fucking shoe in. Yeah, he's like what is it that I think I don't know if you mentioned it in the last pod, but uh, we definitely talked about it like what all the the bots players like they say whenever i think it's triumph yeah yeah i talked about it in the last podcast it's i think they all should try him when someone goes into the into the paint and gets blocked by lopez because yeah it's he's... just a fucking it's a it's a law of nature at the minute that if you bring it in there he's gonna fucking block it he's leading the league in blocks per game and i mean not by he's a 2.9 blocks per game i think Second is maybe 2.2, so he, he is quite well ahead. No, second is uh, Miles Turner 2.6, Anthony Davis 2.3. Okay, um, so Turner's Turner shout out ball ball at fifth with 1.9. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, fair play. But another thing, it's not just the blocks, it's contested shots per game. So Brook Lopez is contesting 18 shots a game, and second is Zubac contesting 13. So, to, for, for reference, Mobley is fourth with 11.7. So Brook Lopez is contesting what, like fucking six shots more game than Mobley, yeah, and four more than, or sorry, it's actually eighteen. So yeah, five more than Zubac and six and a half more than Mobley, which is crazy because it, it is the way they like to play defense. You know, they, I think we talked about this last week. Uh, by the way, I hope I tipped them last week. Do you remember if I did? If you tip Brook, if I tip Brook, I'm gonna have to go back and listen. But I hope I tipped them because since the last episode, I have been smashing bets on them. Yeah, I I want a lot more on him than I have, and it's something I hope to to get more on over the next week or two because like I, I don't really see his odds going anywhere other than down. Well, they're already nearly at the floor, Brian. He is two point seven in Las Vegas and Paddy Par. Yeah, three. Absolutely mental. I I've back, since the last episode when I, I I swear to God I hope I tipped them. I think I did because we definitely talked about him. Um. I've got on at an average of 15 to 1, and he's now 2.7. So I'm starting to shake a wee bit about that one. I really, really hope he keeps it up. That would be a nice win. But I, I like for the purpose of this question, I think it's 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 an easy one. He's number one in 538 defensive Raptor rating, which is a wee bit funny and noisy because Dennis Smith Jr.'s third. But you've got um, Notorious. Yeah, you've got Joel Embiid up there too, you know. So there, it does. If you're a good defender, you'll show up there. And he's top five in. Is it cleaning the glass? No, dunks and threes, defensive uh, efficiency. He is top five. Shout out to your boy OG Ananobi is number one. Jared Allen's number two. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just so the advanced stats that are there, he's up there in all of them. Leads the league in blocks. He actually leads the league in steals and blocks together. And leads the league in contested shots per game. He just is the he's the linchpin of the best defense in the league. I I think it's an easy one. Yeah, it's just just a shout out in general. Like 
uh, Lopez just like averaging. I'm just looking at his numbers here, and he's averaging 1.7 more blocks a game than last year. It's mm-hmm. his highest blocks he's ever averaged uh, a year. His effective field goal percentage is at its best he that it's ever been at. Points wise, he's averaged higher when he was obviously younger, but he's like what is it like? Fifteenth uh, season in the in the league, and yeah, he's just crazy. having a, a wee swan song. Not a swan song because he knows how long. But yeah, maybe a swan song. I mean, he can but, make the All Star team. Yeah, he's been amazing, and I love him, and I love the Bucks. So it's yeah. great. It's always good when you're betting on someone you like. I think he leads the league in blocks and three pointers made. You know, together. I'm almost certain he does actually because he's 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 first in threes by a center, so he makes the most threes for any uh, big, uh number five. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so he's definitely. Amazing. I think like threes is short. So in terms of tipping it to anyone else, I, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to bet him at threes at the minute just because I have a bit of FOMO because I haven't been able to get on, especially at the odds that you have. Love it. So, uh, yeah. So I, I will be on him at threes. If, if we're talking value here, I have a tip for defensive player of the year. I I'm going to give this. Have we mentioned this girl? No, these are all gonna steal it and probably knock the knock the price in. But here's a freebie. Probably won't win because if he comes back, the most amount of games he can play will probably what is it? Twenty one games in, so 60. 60. God, he's gonna be about fifty five, maybe because I don't know when he'll be back. But Robert Williams, time lord from the Celtics, is one hundred and fifty to one to win Defensive Player of the Year. We all know how good in defense he is. He was the best defensive player on the second best defensive team in the league last year. Should have won Defensive Player of the Year, but he didn't. And this year, the Celtics defense, I think when I last looked, is 17th in the league with the best offense by a mile. So my theory is if he comes back um, and improves their defense from 17th in the league to say, say they can get to like a top seven or eight, like that's a big jump. Plus you've got that narrative of Celtics win 60 games, best team in fucking 10 years. Yeah, you know, defense has improved. They're going to sweep, back, yeah. sweep the awards. Look how much better the defense is since he got back. I think he could be in with a shout. You never know what way it could go with injury. So I like it at 150 to 1. Like, if you're backing something at 150 to 1, chances are it's not going to win. But I think I've seen worse 150 to 1s. Yeah, I mean, it's going to come in. And if you're. Uh, and if, if you want, if you want, sorry, just if last thing, if you want some numbers for it, um, I looked at it, this yesterday. At the minute, I think the Celtics defensive rating is 116. I'll just double check that at the minute. Boston Celtics. Oh my God. So, okay, right. It's even better. They have the 21st worst defense in the league. 21st right? best. Sorry, 21st best. Yeah. Um. So they're 21st in the league on defense at 113.6 defensive that's rating. Interesting. Yeah. So hear, that, hear me out. 113.6 is our defensive rating. So they gave up 113.6 points per 100 possessions. Last year, it was 107. And that's when Time Lord played. So where would 107 put you right now? Uh best in the league. Okay. So it would be number one. But it's a difference of the on off, obviously a difference between 107 and 113.6, 6.6. Yeah. So he would be worth 6.6 points to their defensive rating. 6.6 points per hundred possessions defensively. Now that's big. So if he could you know that's that's I've already kind of laid that out, you know. So if they were able to in the games he plays when he comes back, if they're able to put up a 107 defensive rating, which would be best in the league, he might have a bit of an argument. Okay, I need to need to go and do some uh, deep diving after this podcast, I think. Yeah, so he's he's my pick for some value. Um, I've also dabbled on Jaron Jackson Jr. from the uh, Grizzlies, just thinking he might be able to sneaky lead the league in blocks per game because he, 
he hasn't he hasn't played enough games for his stats to count so far. But in the games he has played this year, I think he's averaging like three. So I think he yeah. might win it. But when it's, all said, when it's all said and done, not when yeah. defensive player of the year. I think he might win most blocks per game. But defensive player of the year, I don't know if he if he'll win. But I quite like him at like seventeens. Not bad for a small bet. No, not at all. Um, what do you think about something I've been thinking about? Was I mean, not as a bet, but someone that's actually been interested in me because I usually kind of just don't pay attention to it is Bam Adebayo. What did, did anything stand out to you when you watched that match last night against the Celtics about him? The, on yeah, the defense he's, he's amazing. <laughs> he's he's okay. absolutely amazing. Uh, he's he's always the worry, but for defensive player of the year because his on-off stats are I mean, like absolutely incredible, and his advanced stats are always incredible. Um, offensively, I really like him. You know, he's he's a really good screen setter, and he's got that wee floater in the paint that's just hard to hard to guard. Defensively, he's just that he he's their he's their version of Evan Mobley, isn't he? Mobley, except, except, he's, except he's actually a bit of, bit of a blend of Mobley and Allen. You know, he protects the rim a bit better. Yeah, like just the the reason I brought that up is because when I was watching uh, that game, like one of the things that has stuck in my mind was Tatum, as much of a heater as he was on, like one of his fucking career nights or whatever, driving into the paint, and you could see him just seeing out of bio and just stopping and turning and just backing out because he's yeah. just like he is like that, like not. Well, he's got he's got PTSD from that uh, game in the bubble. Remember, <laughs> bam, fucked him with the, on the buzzer. Yeah, true. Actually, yeah, one of the best blocks ever. Yeah, it was. I'm just looking at this here on Jaron Jackson Jr.'s basketball reference. His nicknames are Triple J and Block Panther. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's great. So yeah. that'll wrap us up for Defensive Player of the Year, unless you want to add yeah. anything else. No, no, I'm pretty much pretty, pretty happy. Okay. And lastly, then we'll move on to Coach of the Year. Yeah. Who, as it turns out, I forgot to do my top three, but I know them off the top of my head. I'll let you go first. So for coach of the year, let me who's your third? My third. See, did you forget as well? No, 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 no. I've done it, but I'm. I, it's just the more we when we talk about it, and I get thinking about everyone. My third, and it's going to be like a bit of a shot. Mike Brown. Okay, I'm going to have third. Uh, I I watched a video of him the other day where he was like, I can't even remember. It was one of their role players. Um, I can't remember the name of the player who was who was like missed the defensive rotation to step up, and there was like the team they were playing ran like a pick and roll. Was it Trey it I think it was Trey Lyles. Yeah, yeah, did you see that? Yeah, and he and then he like physically grabbed him, showed him where he needs to step up. And then like and then in the next couple of plays, he did it. He stepped up, took a charge, and Mike Brown went fucking mad. And he, the the Kings obviously like made a big trade last year. Uh, so like that's always going to affect your your. Your, your team written and how well your team does just because he maybe got better but like i think he's, he's a great coach and they're everyone expected not everyone a lot of people expect him to do well so it's not like they're overperforming that much but like i i, I talked about them as a potential like uh bet for the bet for the division of 40s and stuff like you know as a bit of a banter run but uh i yeah I, and third is like there's a big gap for me between third to second a bigger gap from third to second there's from second to first yeah. So I have missed there, but it's a bit of a shout out because it really, you know, it could be, it could be a number of people, but yeah. Okay. And who have you got second? Uh, second, I've got Willie Green. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think they've, they've struggled with, uh, 
with injuries so far. Like they basically haven't been able to get like their fucking proper starting five playing together. I think they've played um, three matches. Yeah. So it's you know they they yeah they have struggled. Uh, they're currently sitting third in the West. Um, uh, Falcons thirteen and eight. Uh, only to the Nuggets and the Suns. So and it's like it's close enough. Like the Suns have two more wins. Um. You know, they with a load of injury problems, haven't been able to get everyone together. They started with like a they haven't had the easiest schedule as far as I'm aware. Um and they've got a a civil rating system of five point nine two, which is the second best in the West to the Suns. Um yeah, I think I don't know. I mean I think that basically sums up like I think yeah. he's like yeah, he's he's a good for, for I actually had a, I actually had a bet on him preseason to win because I thought the I thought the Pelicans were going to do maybe a wee bit of what kind of like the Celtics are doing this year. Maybe not that much, but I thought they were going to, I thought they could sneaky top of the West. And I mean, they are third, they're only two wins off the Suns. So when they get all their men back, you never know. They looked really good last night against the, the Raptors. So yeah, I think that's fair. So we'll save your number one because I think mine's going to be the same as yours. Um, yeah. And my number three is also Mike Brown for all the okay. same reasons you said. Um, my dog loved that shirt. Um, yeah, light the beam. Why not? To Kings eleven and nine. Everyone thought to be to be fair. Everyone thought to be kind of like playing level, maybe worse. But I think they're outperforming their. Yeah, they were going to be like a uh, what's like a, a feel good story. Yeah, yeah, but no, I think they look like a serious team. And like you said, he he actually looks like he's fucking coaching them. You know, he's providing a bit of like culture. You know, which they've never had. So yeah, fair enough. I think I, I like Mike Brown for third. There, second. This is a bit of a, a cop out, but I have in. For the season so far, I've Rick Carlisle for the Pacers. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, which is fair enough. I think Coach of the Year is a really fucking hard one. They kind of yeah. Keep the, the he actually he him. actually went third favorite during the week, which I thought was ridiculous because they're never ever ever going to finish top four in the in the East. No, but, there's more of a chance of them falling off too than continuing. Yeah, there's more chance of finishing them fourth last, to be honest. And yeah, so I have him second for for the the question because they're twelve and nine. Everyone thought they'd be down with the Pistons and the Magic. And they're fourth in the conference, so why not? And and he's done. I don't think he's done a particularly great job with coaching. I think he should play master more minutes. But whatever, you know, the results are what they are. They're twelve and nine, so he has to be second. So number one, what we've all been waiting for, and who I think everyone should be backing because it's a bit of an arb on the Celtics to win the most games, which is like in the West, which or sorry in the East, which I think is like one point five seven. It's shorter. Is it? Uh, so to be uh, on Wendyville anyway, to be the NBA Eastern Conference first seed is uh, Celtics are 1.33. Okay, wow. So I think if you back Joe Mazzulla, the Celtics coach, to win coach of the year, you're effectively getting the Celtics to top the East at the odds you're about to back Mazzulla, if you get me, which is about 3-1. Yep. to one. Because if the Celtics top the East, I think... I don't think there's anything else in the West, firstly, that can beat him. Uh, yeah. Monty has already won it last year for the Suns. Uh, I don't think any of the other teams in the West are going to come anywhere near the amount of Celtics wins to give them enough credit to win the award. And then you're down into the the, like the Kings coach, like Mike Brown, like we said. He would have to come fucking top three, I think, in the West to get it. And it's not going to happen because we both think yeah. the Celtics are going to win 60 games. So I just think yeah. it's, I think it's, I think it's a great bet, to be honest. 
And if you were if the Celtics top these, which is essentially what you you call this bet then, right? A three point five bet on Mozilla, even if you were fucking shit yourself and you were a bit of a you know, you're, let's say risk averse, you could just you could cover so it's a no bet on Monty Williams at twenty ones at the minute. Do you know if you really wanted to? But he's not, I don't think he will win it. Like if you really, really wanted to, because you didn't think it was going to be anyone else, you know, east or west, because the Suns are top of the west at the minute. They don't really look like they don't have any reason to slow down. If anything, they have a reason to speed up because they're going to get a couple of like guys back. But um, but yeah, I think I, I everything you just said. I think the not only the record, what we think the record will be, but he has a tiny bit of narrative about him, which is like the. You know, sometimes coach of the year will be like, uh, did the team outperform their expectation? But it's great to be like, well, did the coach outperform their expectations? Because he came in as a never coaching the team before or never been a head coach. Um, not even really mentioned maybe when people were, were talking about who was going to replace Ime. And with the whole with the whole sort of, that's the way you would describe it, the whole kind of weird way that he became their coach. Yeah, like, it wasn't very he, conventional. No, no, yeah, very unconventional. And if anything, then it's like, oh, every all anyone talked about when it happened was, fuck, how is this going to affect the Celtic season? So the fact that they're going to outperform some expectations and and he will too, it's a fucking, he's got the narrative aspect of it as well as the team record. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I actually think he's not getting enough credit for his coaching. Do you know, every, everyone, not that everyone I've seen, but I've seen people being like, you know, well, they did get to the finals last year. So would it really be a big surprise if they topped these this year? So they didn't top the East last year. Do you know, regular season-wise, they came second in the East. And yeah, they've kept the same team and added Malcolm Brogdon. But their numbers are incredible this year. So he hasn't just come in and, you know, carried on what Adoka's done. He's made them even better, especially offensively. Defensively, yes, they're not great. They're seven, 21st in the league, but we're I'm waiting for them to come back. Offensively, my God. Just before I say this, I'm going to get their offensive written from last season up just because this, this is important. Okay, so their offensive written last year was 114.4. This year it is 122.2. So that's up, what, uh, six, eight points per 100 possessions better this year than last year. And the only, the only real thing they've changed is the coach. They brought, yes, they brought in Brogdon, but they've lost Robert Williams. Luke you know, Cornette. And Luke Cornette. Sam Hauser. So they've obviously got Tatum's playing better and. Jalen Brown's playing better, but I I don't think you can take that away from the coach. I actually think you can get, attribute it to him. So just to dive into their offensive rating, because if people aren't watching much NBA this year, if you get a chance, watch the Celtics. They're on par to be the best offense in NBA history, number one. So they've got, at the minute, they're scoring 121.5 points per 100 possessions, which would be an NBA record, okay? And they're about to sh shatter the points per 100 possessions record. And if you look at the difference between the Celtics and the Suns, who are, have the second best offense in the league, is 4.5 points per 100 possessions, which is the same difference between the second best team and the 13th. So the gap between one and two is the same as the gap between two and 13. That's how big a gap over the rest of the league they have. They're just absolutely incredible, can beat you in 20 different ways. They've got five shooters on the floor at all times, and they've got an MVP caliber player in Jason Tatum, who can bail them out when they're, when they're stuck. Do you know, I just think... The, the bet on Missoula to win coach of the year is basically a bet on the Celtics to be one of these teams that only come around every sort of four or five years. You know, the 60-win game teams, maybe even 62, 63. And I just think it's an absolute no-brainer. If you can get them a three to one, I think it's a great bet. That's what I'd be backing from here. Yeah, they, these teams only really, like they have a shelf life because of contracts and, you know, players performing so well on them that they, they need more money and they can't fit everyone in. And so like lightning in a bottle sort of, 
thing and you got to take advantage of it while you can and i think personally i think the three best bets that have cut that are going to come out of this celtics team are um Mazzola, tatum mvp and the celtics to win the overall to win it to win everything which i also have a bet on uh again we talked about broad broad tonight. <laughs> i mean and in time we're like they could do an award sweep with everything if the fucking stars align really but <laughs> um but yeah it's it's always great to be um to be all in on the Celtics as well, because I mean they're an easy team to support. So or Irish, like I do it every year, and great memes. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on Mozilla, and I will be betting on them a lot more uh, when given the opportunity over the next kind of few days or week. Or when, we, when we stop recording, yeah, more or less. When I just finish the podcast and I go and try and get on more bets, as always. <laughs> yeah, I think that's no brainer. That would be an official tip for me. Back Mozilla coach of the year. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, okay, that'll do us for the NBA awards. Yeah, well, so as a, a quick summary, um, in terms of what we would actually advise or what we have any sort of uh, tips on on getting on from here, out if you're not on anything yet, uh, for me, I would say Tatum MVP. I would say you would say Time Lord is a tickle, maybe for defensive player of the year. Put a put a couple of quid on it, yeah, for a laugh. Yeah, um, I think Matherin Tickle of the year and Mazzola uh, coach of the year. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with all of them. I, if it was me from here, I'd be back in in order of priority. Missoula, Coach of the Year, Tatum MVP, and Matherin, sixth man. Yeah, I think that I think that's pretty fair. I wouldn't be about. I'm not back in Brook Lopez at two point seven, but if you uh, listen last week, hopefully you got on at fifteen to one. Yeah, he's he's low, like um, right, World Cup corner. Yes, just quickly because I think cup, we're coming on again. We just love the blather. World Cup roundup. I know it's kind of, we don't we don't talk anymore. I know that's true. It's true, but I also I'm need to fix the game. Fair but we can we can do work up for five minutes. Yeah, out red, odds, right out red odds at the minute: Brazil the favorite to three point three, Argentina sixes, France six point five, Spain sevens, England tens. So I've got Brazil three point five, Argies and France the same, England eight point five, and Spain nines. Where's it? Uh, hills. Amigos bet. All right. <laughs> no, I, I'm on hills. Okay, well, three six five odds are quite different. What what were your? Who did you have? Eights. England? England, 8.5, Spain, 9. That's funny. England are 10s at uh, 365. But England, England, they were much better against Wales, but really poor against USA. I wonder, is that because he didn't start Phil Foden? Oh, here we go. Uh, no, I couldn't even be bothered. But it's... Oh, Gareth Southgate is one of the worst international managers I've ever seen. And anything England have done in the last two tournaments has been despite him. He's brutal, doesn't know who his best players are, plays five at the back, which is the worst formation ever. And yeah, if if you keep playing Raheem Sterling instead of Phil Foden, you're not going to win the World Cup. Fair enough. Um, so if, from here, do you think if you had to if you had to if you had to put a bet on? I've backed Brazil uh pre-tournament and the Neymar injury is not great. And but they, they looked they looked pedestrian enough against was it Switzerland? end up winning 2-0 they haven't really got going yet but they're obviously missing their best player now which is annoying and i don't know if he'll be back i think he will but it might not be till the knockouts um if i had to pick a bet from here portugal 12s portugal have looked wank england 10s yeah. no way spain 7s no do you know what as bad as they were in the first game against south or saudi arabia i think argentina were a wee bit shell-shocked by that high line and weren't expecting it at all and they were one nil up and then had a goal disallowed for the closest offside in world football history so they, like in, uh, in, in, other world, 
There was one today that was closer. Oh, I didn't see that. But in another world, Argentina pissed that game 2 0. And, you know, people weren't worrying about them because they did look really good against Poland. I thought they, Poland, they're like a half decent European side who might be maybe a better barometer than Saudi Arabia because Saudi Arabia have looked a bit frisky. So, Argy's maybe, maybe Argy's feeling a wee bit blessed to me. Do you know that feeling you get where it's like, yeah, maybe they could, it's a tournament where no one's really standing out. So, I don't see why not. Yeah, there's no one's really, I mean, but to be honest for me, that, more of the standards of in France. Um like I just think World Cups can be more so than like uh more so than like general football. Like you can really do well with like a, it's almost like basketball, like you know like that player, like the guy, like mm-hmm. Mbappe is like you can kind of win the tournament by yourself almost. Um obviously Argentina have Messi but he's he's kind of slowing down. Um I pre I backed uh, fucking god knows why back england uruguay and the usa because i didn't fancy any of the big boys i think i had a tiny bit on argentina um but the usa were obviously massive dark horse i will say i got the usa 250s and they're now one 130 so the odds are halved so like go ahead honest. so you're gonna, I'm gonna give myself that we uh really like them to qualify 2.2 and i didn't fucking back it um but yeah i'm just looking at the right odds here I'm kind of with you. It's like all the big boys here at the top of the top end of things. Like no one's really putting themselves that far ahead of the the pack, are they? Yeah, Brazil are in the odds, but I don't know. Uh, do you fancy Senegal to do England on the counter? No, I think England will will handle Senegal pretty handily. Yeah, actually, um, oh, I, I was hoping for a bit more out of Senegal. We had a bet on them to beat Qatar, which I forgot to post about in the afternoon, but I was a bit whiny, like so. I don't yeah, know. There's not. There's nothing jumping out to me at the minute. Have you looked at the uh, top goal scorer odds? Uh, I have not. I'll check them now. Mbappe's three to one. Messi's eight to one. Richarlison's ten to one. I have a Argentina to win it all. Messi to be the Golden Boot double on at twenty threes. I would so, love that. Oh, that'd yeah. be great. But yeah, that's it's a fan bet. Like here, here's know. one for you. Harry Kane total goals zero is two point two five. Harry Kane not zero, to score. Zero, zero, oh, zero, no, one is 2.5 so zero is the favorite so there you go there's an interesting interesting one. yeah what do i okay so here quick one at the the games that we have so far scheduled um the holland are evens against the states uh over oh, the next round yeah yeah um usa plus okay well double, double chance. chance yeah uh okay rgs are 1.22 wow, against australia they'll smash them yeah, God love Australia. Like fed income, but fucking God love them. Yeah. Like I have a feeling they're 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 dream. You're gonna go crashing down around them. Uh, France are one point three three against Poland. Almost said at home to Poland. They'll, they'll smash them. Yeah, um, they didn't look up the much against Argentina. England one point five seven at home to Senegal. At home, fuck me. Every time. Senegal plus one. Why not? Uh, okay, and we got two more. So Croatia against Japan. Croatia two point one six. Fuck, Japan just beat Spain, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, and Japan Germany. Beat, Japan double chance. Did you Japan beat Spain and Germany? Like? Yeah, they did, yeah. Fucking and they left their two best players at home. It, it's incredible. Uh, I... Yeah, I mean, I, 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 the only problem is if it wasn't fucking Croatia, I, I kinda, I'm kind of scared of Croatia. Yeah, Croatia are always good. Spain are the same odds to beat Morocco as England are to beat Senegal. Yeah. Morocco, or I mean, Morocco topped their group. Yeah, yeah, they're decent. 
Oh God, I'm kind of talking myself into Japan. I feel like I hate this when I do it. It's always after the fact. Like the value was in Japan in the group. Like they just fucking yeah, like, yeah. You could have made a fortune if you believed in them. Like you maybe missed it. But um, yeah, that'll do us for today. Long in the empire, Boston for a piss. Yes. Okay. Well, a great way to end the podcast is always really letting everyone know that you need to go to the toilet. Letting um, everyone know how small my bladder is because I've already had two piss breaks in this fucking podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we'll be back. Don't know at some point within the next couple of weeks if anything changes before or yes before i'm home for christmas yes so yeah well maybe yeah maybe do a christmas maybe one before christmas and then we'll, we'll do, one when I'm do back. a live we'll do a live episode when you're home a live episode yeah uh we'll update you on any bets and make sure you follow the twitter because that's going to be the main place where any bets are posted if ronan's on the ball i haven't posted anything since the last episode but i promise i will yeah yeah he, he promises and you know what they say you can always trust Ruins promises. Yes. Good luck, everyone, and enjoy your weekend. See you.